What's going on, boys and girls? It's Memorial Day weekend. Happy Friday. I hope that you are hitting a patio with a cocktail in hand this very weekend. But this is another episode of Retail Coffee Break. In today's episode, I sat down with Kirk Keel, the co-founder and co-CEO of Stant Menswear. And we spoke about how he went from an employee at Johnson & Johnson to building his own custom menswear brand to over 400 stores of wholesale distribution. I learned so much from Kirk in this conversation, and I hope that you do too. Let's get into it. Thanks for joining everybody. Another episode of Retail Coffee Break. I'm here with Kirk Keel of Stant, co-founder and co-CEO of the Global Operations. Good to see you, Nick. How you doing, man? Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Yeah, so no for anyone who doesn't or has not heard of Stant, why don't you tell us what does Stant do? What is Stant? Tell us the story. Yeah, we, uh, so we're a menswear brand that started um, almost eight years ago. Um, we've got a bit of a unique story. My partner and I, so my, my business partner is Matt Hornbuckle. Um, he and I met, um, we were doing marketing at Johnson & Johnson. And uh, we always wanted our own company. We always loved menswear. And about eight years ago, we quit our jobs and started what, what today is Stant. Um, the reason we started it, we... Um, we loved we loved clothing, we loved menswear, but we were always intimidated by the full custom shirts and the full custom suiting process. Um, we always thought there must be an easier way to, to make like a custom shirt in this case. Um, so what we created, and again, it's been seven or eight years of doing this now, um, where we're not really off the rack and we're not really full custom, we're somewhere really in between. Um, and what I mean by that is a guy tries on one of our 99 sizes, in shirts, one of our 75 sizes and pants, like in a retail environment, um, nails the fit in the store, um, knows exactly how it's going to fit and feel. And then once he has his fit, he builds a shirt or a pant around that. He chooses a fabric, chooses a, a button, a collar, cuff, um, pleat, et cetera. Um, and we make the product and get it back in his hands in less than two weeks. Wow. So that's kind of what we do. Again, we're not full custom, not really off the rack. We're somewhere, we think somewhere in between the, mm-hmm. the, the two spaces. So... I mean, I guess what made you make the jump? I mean, like, were you a custom, you know, were you and your co-founder custom customers pre at Johnson & Johnson? Like, and it's, I mean, it's interesting because I spent a long time in this industry and there's not a lot of people, I mean, to be honest, there's not a lot of, like, I don't want to say outsiders, but there's not a lot of people who just jump in like you guys did. So were you guys yeah. customers that saw a problem and wanted to solve it? Yeah, we, we, were, we were customers in the sense that we were probably the better dressed guys at, at J&J. <laughs> but, but then again, we weren't, we weren't wearing full custom products. Right. Um, and we, we actually, and we talked about this, we, we were intimidated to go get a full custom shirt made. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the process and the time, if, if, is it going to work, but also the cost we thought was quite extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we are, we are from outside the industry. We actually think that's maybe one of our advantages. Oh, absolutely. What we, what we do is just so different. Um, and you know, it, it's a way of challenging an industry that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're eight years in now. What did year one look like versus year eight? We're at today. <laughs> this is a great question. I, I have to remind myself um, the early days. So, <laughs> I mean, the, er, the earliest of days, myself and my partner, we um, did a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So we had put this concept of 99 sizes. I think at the time it was 50 sizes. We've, we've grown our size count a bit since then. But um, 
we went on Kickstarter. We had a very successful Kickstarter. At, at the time, it was like in the top 1% of all Kickstarters ever. Um, and we took the money that we generated from Kickstarter and built a website. And we, we thought we were going to be a dot-com. We were going to ride the e-com wave that was just kind of starting, um, you know, seven or eight years ago in our space. Um, we then, in parallel, had done a pop-up at Chelsea Market here in mm-hmm. New York City. Mm-hmm. That pop-up went extraordinarily well. We found the guys loved to try on one of the shirt or one of the pant sizes, loved to figure out what size they were. And we said, this is interesting. Um, and then we started to look at, can we wholesale um, what we do? And the first store came pretty quickly, a year or two after we had started the company. Um, we had opened up a store in Hoboken, New Jersey. It was mm-hmm. our first retailer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 400 retailers later, here we are. We're mostly a wholesale-driven business. So early on, we thought we'd be mostly .com. We're really mostly wholesale today, specialty and big box. Yeah, It's really interesting because if you think about the cohort of startups in fashion at the time, they, it really was the beginning of D2C. You know, and they, they did that, and you guys went a different direction to equal success. Yep. That's really interesting. So what does that look like then? So you guys sell wholesale right now. I walk into a store that is a partner of yours on a wholesale channel. What does that look like to me as a customer? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a really um, interesting and we think fun experience for the customer. So, if you were to walk into one of our stores, right, um, a seller would greet you, and if you were kind of interested in custom shirting or something more tailored, and um, he would pitch you on stance, and, and this is how it works: he would take three measurements, a chest, a waist, and a sleeve measurement for a shirt or two measurements for a pant. He mm-hmm. would take a seat and what we call a high hip, mm-hmm. but mostly a waist measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, those measurements would go into a sizing app powered by a smartphone or iPad, and it would reveal one of 99 New York City street names for a shirt or one of 75 New York City street names for a pant. So we, you know, we were born, this company was born in New York. We, we have the flavor of New York City in our blood here. Yeah. Um, so you might, Nick, you might be a Madison Avenue in a shirt uh-huh. and a Park Avenue in a pant, let's uh-huh. say. The seller would go to a rack of try-on shirts and a rack of try-on pants. He would grab the Madison Avenue, the Park, Ave- Park Avenue, you put it on, and you would see how you fit, see how it fits, mm-hmm. right? You may love the fit. 60% of guys love the first fit. Yep. The other 40% would say, hey, for the shirt, can you make it a little slimmer? Or can uh-huh. you make the sleeve a little longer? Um, the pant, you know, there might be some other things you might want to, to yep. evolve on the fit. You would go back to the app, change one or two of the measurements, recalculate, and maybe you go from Park Avenue to Wall Street and Madison Avenue to, I don't know, Essex. And you would try that product on, those, those try-ons on, and the fit would be perfect at that point. Mm-hmm. You would nail the fit, you know exactly what you're, what you're going to buy from mm-hmm. a fit standpoint, and then you'd pick out swatches, collars, cuffs, pleats, you know, the whole, it's, we, we, don't, we don't give so many options where it's confusing. Right. We give you just enough options where you say, okay, this makes sense. I can sort of digest this. We've about 150 fabrics to choose from. We could change buttons and things like that. But mm-hmm. it's not the full-blown custom experience by design. Um, and that's it. So we lock the product there. You, you build it yourself, and we make it for you in our factory in Vietnam. And it's back in your hands in, in about two weeks. Wow. So by my calculations, I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody knows an exact date that this started, but... I'm going to say you guys were probably like five years early to like the size inclusive company model. Like right now we have, you know, you see startups popping up all the time that are, you know, skincare inclusive, you know, a million different colors or, you know, undergarments, you name it. 
when you first started, were guys super receptive? Do they know how to buy this way? Where they're like, okay, cool. You have 99 sizes that I pick from versus the maybe seven or eight I'm used to? Or was there an adoption period that happened with that? I think what you're describing is why at first we didn't have the traction online like we did in a Got store. Got it. The seller, once he was behind it, and you know, we would go into stores and, and do demos and offer free product to sellers and store right. managers and so forth. Um, once they were behind it, they could sell a guy coming to the store. Hey, you've got to try this. It's a lot of fun. It's three measurements. Yeah. It, it, they almost played up like a magic act. Right. You're not going to believe when you walk out of the changing room how great that shirt or pants going to fit you. Yeah. So they, they helped us sort of market the product and get guys to adopt. So, sure. so in that sense, because now that you're majority wholesale, it's almost like the experience is equal parts important to the business and it's kind of what you discovered, huh? In a sense of like, sure, part of the magic is I can go online, I can get my specific measurements and order it, but the experiential element that comes with it is also very important of like an expert, let's say, walking you through the stand process. We think that experience is, is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it um, generally, we think guys enjoy an experience like that. It, it, you know, it's not only fun and easy, but it's fast, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to be in a store right. getting sizes on our stand, stand products for an hour, let's say. The right. whole thing could be over in 10 minutes. Right. I mean, it's very quick. Um, and we think retailers are looking for, that, for these, these new experiences mm-hmm. for their customers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, the experience is... Is, is essential. We can do it online. We do it online every day. Um, but what you get in a store is quite remarkable. It, it sort of is like a magic magic trick, to be honest. Neat. Yeah, it's almost like I could see your guy being both, right? Like in theory, like I could start in the store, be introduced to Stant. I know my size. Maybe then I want to go online and do it. I'm like away or something like that. Or I want to go back to the store. Does that happen often? Online versus in-store combination customers? We get some. We, we thought we would have gotten more guys migrating from like the retail environment to our website, and we get some of that. We also think guys like to go back to a store, feel the new it's fabrics. A great point. They're very connected to, the, to their sales folks, like yep. a specialty store. Yep. So we get a mix. Yeah, we, we see both. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. As I'm saying it, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe there is some of this overlap. But I mean, we work with you know a bunch of men's specialty stores, and to your point, the guy who is getting served in that store is there for a reason. They like that level of service from their sales guy or from the store. They want to experience it there. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So let's talk about 2020 because that's not, that's the only thing on everyone's mind these days. Yep. Yep. So, you know, 2020 happens, it hits, you guys are rolling. Tell me a little bit about what happens there, like in terms of your business, in terms of how you guys navigated it. We had the best start to any year. Wow. January, February, March, <laughs> early March wow. of 2020. Yeah. Um, was extraordinarily good for us. Okay. You know, we were building um, our brand. We were we got into our 400th retailer at that the market season early that year. Um, we had launched pants about six months before that. So we were always a shirting business. Then yeah. we launched our new trouser business. And we had 100 stores sign up right away for that. Yeah. Um, and then March came. And by mid to end of March... Because our because we're so wholesale focused, right? Most of our sales were gone at that point. I mean, most of our stores, you know, we also work in uh, we sell it to every Nordstrom and all, all Nordstrom closed. You know, most of our specialty stores, particularly up north, had closed. Um, so our business was in a scary place for sure. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was a very difficult time. So now that we're a year in, I mean, we all know a lot more about it. Retail is open from the most part. Let's say, have you seen things kind of? adjust have you seen things sort of picking up a little bit or we are okay yeah fi- finally i mean we did not have a great spring of 2020 summer right. was not great fall of last year started to pick up more stores are opening 
Um, I think people had a bit more confidence going into you know the shop with masks right. and so forth. Um, we had a great January this year. Yeah, honestly, we had a, de- a decent holiday yeah. into a good January. February's been a little slow, but um, we have a lot of optimism for this year because the vaccine is out. We believe by this fall, the world will start to get to some level of normalcy. Sure. I'm not saying it's going to be for what sure. it used to be, you know, pre pre COVID, but um, thank goodness we are we are starting to see some some lifeblood. Yeah, you around. might need to. Uh all your customers might need to adjust their stance sizing post-COVID with their, either they lost weight or gained weight, right? One of the two. Include, including, my, including myself, including myself. The, the, the COVID-15, as we like exactly. to say. Exactly. More people are going upwards and, and instead of downwards. That's true. Forward. That's a good point. Um, yeah, but um, I think, you know, we keep hearing that will there, will there be like a roaring 20s? That's what everyone's saying, roaring 20s. And may, maybe, that, maybe that's the case. And we hope that guys are back shopping like they used to and going back to work. Maybe not every day of the week, but some kind of hybrid model where they're in three days and home, you know, two days of the week or something. I mean, you've got to assume also, just from my perspective, it's totally my opinion, but I mean, in terms of shirting specifically, that has to be one of the categories that will return stronger because I could see myself maybe skipping the jacket more often than I was pre-COVID in a more casual world, but I don't think I'd see myself skipping the dress shirt necessarily for work things, even on Zoom, personally. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you, and I think guys will lean towards more comfortable fabrics. Yes, with stretch. Oh um, you know, we have a whole performance line that's done really well, and it gives guys you know the look of a dress shirt or the look of a nice sports shirt, but way more comfortable with a lot more stretch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, has it caused you to think about going into other categories post COVID? Just like you know, exploring new categories past what you guys have now. Sweatpants, something like that. <laughs> the, 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 not 99 sizes of sweatpants, <laughs> as you imagine. Um, you know, it has. We are, um, we are launching like a jogger this fall. Cool. And it's sort of the same process that we take a guy through from a, from a normal trouser standpoint, but he has, you know, different options that are more uh, representative of a, of a, of a jogger. Um, we have a whole knits line in the works. So, yeah, we, we, it did make us pause. It did make us think, okay, what are other products that guys will be more relevant for guys mm-hmm. that still want, you know, a great fit with some optionality in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, fabrics and so forth. So we have looked at a lot of those products, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, at first glance, shirts, pants, they all make sense. Like, those are things that are very fitted. Fit is everything in those things. But, I don't know, when I look at other things I wear, I'm thinking right now, sweaters, outerwear, all this stuff, like, I definitely find a fit, and I'm like, if I could have every single thing be this exact fit, I totally would. I mean, across almost every single thing I wear. Yeah, I would say that is our guy, right? He once he knows his size, and I mean, I mean, guys, most I don't know most guys, but a lot of guys are sort of these creatures of habit. For sure, we know it fits. We know it feels right. We're gonna buy it in every color, every pattern. Yep. So we have those. We have, we have guys that have bought a hundred shirts from us, you know, just because they know it fits. Right. right? Over and over, all after all these years, and pants, we're seeing that now. It's been really exciting for us. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to this year? So now we're 2021. You know, I agree with you. I think we're looking up. Like, is there anything in the works you guys have that you're excited about? You guys are, you know, like you can reveal here, obviously, that you're trying to launch or that you're excited about this year? We are. Yeah, we've and we've I mean, even at market, we've we've shared some of this, but um, we've actively been developing. It's funny now on the other side of, of the what what guys wear um, a blazer line. Cool. So taking the magic um, of the process from shirts and pants and putting uh, even additional, let me call it bells and whistles, into a try-on set of, 
of blazers that will, I promise you, blow your mind. Mm -hmm. Some of it I will sort of keep. Uh, um, we're going to reveal it every, everything here at the, the summer market, okay. but cool. um, it will be a process of trying on different blazers, nailing your fit, uh, picking fabrics and some trims and so forth, and then getting the product back in about two weeks. Um, so that's, it's a product we've been developing almost two years now. Wow. Um, we are doing custom shorts. Hey so it's, it's actually based off of um, our trouser program, but you can actually figure out a, a custom short size and, again, pick fabrics and, and different buttons and so forth. Um, and then, then a whole, I, I think I mentioned earlier, but a whole knits line of yeah. long and short sleeve um, PKs and so forth. Uh, Maybe even a Henley you might see from us. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we want to be everywhere in this closet. Yeah. Right. And we think eventually, you know, two or three years from now, all these products will be very relevant for him. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't even think about shorts. Now I'm thinking about it. It's like, yeah. oh my God, length of shorts yes. is such a big thing. Yes. And I'm really like, do I want to be that guy where I'm going to hem my shorts <laughs> a half an inch or whatever? It's like, I've done it before. I'm not going to lie. I'll admit it here. You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, such a huge thing. I feel like no one, no one talks about that. Yeah, you know, we it's funny we we debated internally how many different um, inseams on a short do you offer somebody, and right now it's essentially unlimited with what we do. But we have sure. four presets. Okay, from an eleven inch, nine inch, nice. seven, and then five inch. <laughs> you got to be a brave man to wear the five inch. But you know, we actually there's a market for that certainly oh, for sure. Um, and then any any sort of uh, dimension in between that we can do. But um, yeah, the shorts are a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. So let's talk about men's dressing just in general. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, it will, no one can predict what's going to come out being like, but in, just in terms of general trends in menswear, I mean, like, what are you thinking is going to happen post-COVID? Uh, you see happening now. Do you think it will be uber casual? Will it go back to some kind of middle ground? My, I mean, if I think about, okay, from a, a New, York, New York City. Let's talk about I mean, New York. We're, we're sitting here in New sure. York, obviously. Yeah. Um, I believe that guys will start to come back to the city and start to dress essentially like they used to. But the difference is I don't think they're coming back five days a week. Mm -hmm. I think they're coming back three days a week, let's say, and spending two days at home. Um, I think, generally speaking, the business casual wardrobe from the guys that are coming in, the bankers, the, the attorneys, you know, et cetera, the ad, ad agents, you know, all, these, all those professions that are popular here in New York City, I think a lot of it will be still kind of in that business casual, almost... Not 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 too dissimilar from how you're dressed now. Sure, you know yeah. you have denim on, you've got a cool blazer yep. on, a button-up shirt. Yep, um, I could see that still still being a thing. Right, I am I'm still trying to understand what will happen in tailor clothing. I think there's going to be obviously a very occasion-based weddings, uh, etc. Right, I think there's going to be a need for it. Will it be what it used to be? I think it's still you know that's still kind of uh, yeah, yeah TBD. Put it that way. Um, I think when guys are home in front of Zoom calls and so forth, I think it will be a good mix of mm -hmm. both athleisure and, as you were saying earlier, I think guys will want to have a decent button-up shirt. Mm -hmm. I think, again, mm -hmm. stretch is everything. I think guys are more open to performance fabrics more than they've ever been. Um, so, you know, stretch and comfort is really, even in the office, I mean, it's just, it's sort of essential these days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I can't see a world where every single law office in the world is, you know, t-shirt and jeans yep. or something like that. And yep. I agree with you. And Taylor Clothing is a gigantic question mark. I think it's on anybody who's in the business's mind, like, what is it's the biggest question mark out of any category, period, right. I'd say. Right. Because to your point, it's, 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 not, the evening, it's not the evening or occasion attire because that will always exist and be constant. And if the Roaring Twenties happen, it might be freaking... A gala every night or something like that. Ultra, ultra luxury and so yeah, forth. It, yeah, it'll be Great yeah, Gatsby yeah. every single night great in New York Gatsby. City, you know? So, but uh, the office attire is a, is a big question mark. It is, yeah. You know, but we're, we are optimistic. I do think, 
let's say five years from now. I mean, guys, guys, I think most guys love the feel of a great suit. For sure. The way it fits, the way it feels. Sure. The confidence that, that um, uh, men derive from dressing up like that. Um, I don't think, I think that's sort of inherent in us as guys, and I don't, I don't think that goes away. Yeah. Um, why, that's why we are investing in things like Blazers and so forth in our company. I mean, I mean listen, on the, on the, I mean, we, no one's ever experienced, at least it's alive right now, something like COVID-19, right? <laughs> and I guess the thing that I did when it first hit last March is I just called a bunch of people that are mentors to me or older than me and said, okay, I know this is super different, but other points in time, pre-me being a professional, like, the recession or the tech bubble and like what happened in fashion post that. And all my people that I know in, in menswear said immediately after it went super basic. Yep. Like people went back to Navy suits, charcoal suits, black suits, not really true like flamboyant fashion stuff, but it went back to suits. Like right after it was like all of a sudden everyone like got back to work and started wearing suits again. Yes. Yeah. So I know this is different. But that's just kind of stuck with me is like, is that a possibility? Like could that still apply right now there's parallels absolutely yeah yeah i I agree i mean we're optimistic about it we are and we're investing in that what was that like for you guys because you guys i mean i i've looked a lot at you know you guys started 2013 you said right yes yeah so i've looked a lot at the companies in fashion specifically that started in that recession to 2014 time frame and it's literally every single like major player in the space right now like guilt the real real i don't know rent the runway I, i think there's a gigantic list what was that like? You know, because it was just coming out of, you know, like you're, you were coming into the market. 2013 was definitely better, but it was still recoiling a little bit, I believe, from. It was. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, uh, you know, uh, we, we started $98 then. I mean, we, we, we had, we've right. always had a $100 under sub $100 price point, and, but we range up through, you know, 350 depending on the product and the mm-hmm. cloth and so forth. But um, we weren't sure then would guys you know, at, in, at scale, want to spend, let's say, $150 on a dress shirt. Um, certainly as our business grew and as time went on, as we got out of that, that, recession, that recessionary period, we saw guys all over that. I mean, once again, once they had their fit, right. then it was all about, okay, give me the fabrics that I like, and, and price wasn't as much of a factor, at least in our core specialty stores in Norsham yep. and so forth. And, um, but it, there was, it, was, it was a scary time. It was, it was kind of the wild, wild west of you know, when Bonobos was starting and, you know, we started then and... Um, when I look back, it's just, it's funny to me now. There's a lot of players in our space and or adjacent spaces. And then there was just a handful. I was telling you earlier about a handful of us that sort of arose out of that time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you're speaking though, it's, it's interesting. Like I was thinking, you know, $98 that until if it was a recessionary period, that's a value for a dress shirt. So I could imagine that didn't hurt, but everything you're saying to me just sounds like in general, I mean, I've been in the menswear industry a long time what the general American man wants. A good value, a great fit, and a comfortable fabric. That's like the three core tenants that I feel like every guy enjoys, let's say. I mean, there's definitely the luxury customer, of course there is, but I just feel like you guys have sort of nailed that. We built a business off that. Right. That, that's our core guy. Yeah. Right. He, he's not the, the fashionista. He's not the sort of the budget shopper. I mean, he's... he's he, all the things you said. He loves value. He loves good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, he's willing to um, pay a little bit more for something that's going to last longer and fit right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he finds it, he's sort of in on it. Yeah, absolutely. That's how we built Stand. Yeah. That's our core guy. <laughs> well, listen, that's a great transition. I'm just going to ask you a couple of like rapid fire round questions, yeah. and then we'll finish off because we just had such a good conversation. I've learned a ton from you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, so without thinking too hard on it, what is your favorite 
store to shop at? Um, specific store? It could be, and, take, it how, of, take it how you want it. Yeah, specific store, chain of stores, type of store. You know, I love, um, I mean, I, I love a great men's specialty store. I, you know, the way they make you feel when you walk in. Um, you know, here, like locally in New York, I've bought a lot of product from Rothman's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm close with Jim Gidden and Ken Gidden and so forth. And, um, you know, just you just feel comfortable. You feel very comfortable in those settings. So I guess I'm a, I've always been a very big fan of, of specialty stores. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. What is something in your closet right now that you couldn't live without? It could be something you replenish. It could be something, just one specific piece. Ooh. Um, so anyways, my, my closet is loaded, as, as you can imagine, <laughs> loaded with way too many uh, stand shirts and stamp pants. Um, my my we don't make these yet, but I and I'll purposely choose something that's not us. Is is my joggers? Okay. Yeah, I, I have, there's a few a few pairs that I own that I'm yeah. I'm in. If I'm home, I'm in them probably you know three or four days. A awesome. Week. Yeah, comfortable. They look good. Yeah. Cool. Final question: What would you say is your favorite, or what gets you most excited? Fashion industry innovation trend, something that's new that you're seeing or think will happen in the future. Oh, it's a great question. I think um, just the trend that that retailers and what gets us excited, right? And me personally, the trend that retailers are looking for options that both are highly experiential, mm-hmm. where they really give their customers a unique experience that they can't get anywhere else, particularly online, mm-hmm. um, along with ex- experiences that you know are very low in inventory and sort of rely on. I mean, kind of what we do, just being very frank about that. I mean, you know, options for the customer, they can try it on, they can choose, and then mm-hmm. then they've, they've personalized what they want without having a heavy burden on the retailer. So I think I think retailers will be looking more for those kind of offerings. For sure. Um, so, yeah. All right, one more I'm going to throw at you. Yeah, just, throw, I was just thinking it. about it, you know, because I think people will get value out of this. So, I mean, I think a lot of people in fashion right now in the corporate world are – I don't say rethinking their position in the industry, but a little bit. I mean, a lot's happened in a year, you know, like maybe like what is my future in this industry? As somebody who went from Johnson & Johnson to building a very successful business, what's just one piece of advice you would have for somebody either in corporate or trying to start their own you know, company in the retail fashion industry? What's one piece of advice you'd have for them? Yeah, I w- you know, for us, I mean, I was funny. I was marketing um, consumer products like KY jelly. <laughs> I mean, ma- imagine those, those focus groups, man. It was, oh, yeah. it was crazy. Um, so I made a complete jump into men's menswear in the yeah. world that we're in here. Um, I think you just sort of have to trust your heart is the first thing I learned. I mean, just, if you think it's, you got to go for it, right. I'm just, I'm more talking about if you want to start your own thing. Um, the second thing I think I under, um, I didn't appreciate when you leave like the safety of the corporate world and go start your own company. And I know you, you probably know a lot of this as well. Um, you feel like you're sort of a salesman every day, mm-hmm. right? You're always trying to either pitch your idea, pitch your product to retailers, to customers, to investors, to just almost every conversation. I feel like I'm selling something to somebody, right? And I think I, under, I didn't appreciate um, that skill set. I wish I had more time to develop that skill set before I made the jump versus sort of learning it on the fly. Right. Yeah. Ah, it's amazing advice because it's the truth. You are a salesperson. Every single thing about it is a hundred percent true. Yes. 
All right, man. Well, listen, this was super enjoyable. Yeah. I learned a ton. I mean, I'm super excited to see what Stant does in the next couple months, couple years. I think you've got you know a hugely bright future ahead of, of everything the company's doing. Much appreciated, Nick. Thanks, man. I appreciate cool. your time today. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Thanks for listening to another episode of Retail Coffee Break, your newest post-COVID retail podcast obsession. We're coming at you every single week talking to other influencers, movers and shakers, people that have a great perspective in the retail and fashion industry, talking about the future of this business. We hope that you'll join us next time and have a fantastic rest of your day.